warning that come from John are about what we shouldn't be doing, right? Our Haftarah this week describes the anointing of Sha'ul as the first king of Israel. However, to really understand what is happening in our Haftarah, we have to back up a little and go back to chapter 8 of 1 Samuel. In chapter 8, the people go to the prophet Shmuel and ask him to anoint a king over them. It says in chapter 8, verse 4, Vayit kabtsu kol ziknei Yisrael, vayavou el Shmuel haramatan. And then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and they came to Shmuel at Ramah. And they said to him, Look, you have grown old and your sons are not following in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the other nations. And Samuel was not pleased to hear them say, Give us a king to judge us. So he prayed to Adonai. And Adonai said to Shmuel, Listen to the people. Do everything they say to you, for it is not you they are rejecting, they are rejecting me. They don't want me to be king over them. They are doing to you exactly what they have been doing to me from the day I brought them out of Egypt until today, by abandoning me and serving other gods. So do what they say, but give them a sober warning, telling them what kinds of rulings their king will make. And that's exactly what he does. He says, if you anoint a king over yourselves like you want in order to be like everybody else, then he's going to treat you like all the kings over everybody else. You're going to be conscripted into an army, right? That you're going to have to pay higher taxes in order to take care of the king and his household and all the people that he finds you know, value and wants to build a relationship with. And he begins to warn them about this is what an earthly kingdom will look like. Instead of having God as your king and emissaries who hopefully function in God's ways, you are basically following after the ways of your own heart, after the ways of your own eyes. And in verse 19, he states, however, the people refused to listen to what Shmuel told them. And they said, no, we want a king over us so that we can be like all the other nations with our king to judge us, lead us and fight our battles. Shmuel heard everything the people said and he repeated them to Adonai to hear. And Adonai said to Shmuel, do what they ask and set up a king over them. So Shmuel told the men of Israel, each of you return to his city. And then in the next chapter, we are introduced to Shaul. And it says, ish mi And now there, there was a man from Benjamin named Kish, the son of Aviel, the son of Zwar, the son of Bekorat, the son of Afiach, the son of a man of, from Benjamin. And he was a man of substance and brave as well. And he had a son named Shaul, who was young and good looking among the people of Israel, that there was no one better looking than he and he stood head and shoulders taller than anyone else in Israel. He looked great, right? <laughs> but his heart was not so much so. In chapter 10, Samuel anoints Shaul to be king. And then in chapter 11, it was Saul who rallied the Israelite tribes to defeat the threat of Nachash, the Ammonite, and his army. Our Haftarah then picks up after the victory of the Israelites over Nachash and the Ammonites. 
So we just went straight through, beginning with chapter 8, up until our Torah portion here, right? Where the people go to Shmuel, say, we want a king, and he warns them, this is what's going to happen, and this is not what God wants, because God wants to be king over you. But they want their own way and their own kind of person that they can hide behind, and this is what they get. It's interesting that a lot of the names never get translated, but the names tell us a lot about what's going on. So in this battle that happens right be before our Torah portion, the leader of the Ammonites, the king of the Ammonites, is called Nachash. What does the word Nachash mean? Snake. This is a person who's clearly not following in the ways of God. And so it is God, then it says, who rises to fight on behalf of the people. And then we have what the people do in order to celebrate God's victory over them, right? Remember, it's God who defeats the Ammonites through the people of Israel. And then our Torah portion, our ha, not our Torah portion, our Haftarah begins. Vayomer Shmuel el ha'am lechu v'nelcha ha'gilgal unechadesham hamalucha. Then Shmuel said to the people, come, let's go to Gilgal and inaugurate the kingship there. So all the people went to Gilgal, and there in Gilgal, before Hashem, they made Shaul king. They presented sacrifices as peace offerings before Hashem there, and there Shaul and all the people of Israel celebrated with great joy. However, although Shaul and all the people were celebrating, Shmuel was grieved. And why was he grieving? Because the people had rejected God's form of rule over them, by appointing their own earthly and human version of political rule. It's interesting that although God was against it, he allows them to do it anyway. And knowing what would befall them down the road by their choices. Our Haftarah then continues into chapter 12, where the prophet Shmuel recounts God's deliverance of Israel from Egypt and their experience up to that point. And he brings it to the present by encouraging the people that now that they have a king, they need to still trust in the power of God and not on their own strength. And then our Haftarah continues with a powerful conclusion. Now, therefore, it's in verse 16, hold still and see the great deed which Adonai will perform before your very eyes. Now is the wheat harvest time, isn't it? What is the wheat harvest? Around Shavuot, right? So this happens right around this season that we just concluded. Now is the wheat harvest time, isn't it? I am going to call on Adonai to send thunder and rain. Then you will understand and see how wicked from Adonai's viewpoint is the thing that you have done in asking for yourselves a king. Shmuel called to Adonai, and Adonai sent thunder and rain that day. Then all the people became very much afraid of Adonai and Shmuel. All the people said to Shmuel, pray to Adonai your God for your servants so that we won't die because to all our other sins, now we've added this evil as well, asking for a king over us. I always find it interesting, this idea of don't, where when you have situations like this, they never say pray to our God, right? You see the problem of the people, pray to your God that he will deliver us from this thing. They don't say pray to our God. And Shmuel, does anybody know what Shmuel means? The one who hears God, Shema, right? And El is God, Shmuel. 
Shmuel answers the people, don't be afraid. You have indeed done all this evil, yet now just don't turn away from following Adonai, but serve Adonai with all your heart. And then it goes into something that almost sounds like something Paul would write. Don't turn to the side because then you would go after useless things that can neither help nor rescue. They are so futile. For the sake of his great reputation, Adonai will not abandon his people because it has pleased Adonai to make you a people for himself. As for me, far be it from me to sin against Adonai by ceasing to pray for you. Rather, I will continue instructing you in the good and right way. Only fear Adonai and serve him faithfully with all of your heart. For think what great things he has done for you. However, if you insist on doing wicked things, you will be swept away, both you and your king. And we all know how the story turned out. Shaul became paranoid and abandoned the ways of God. In his paranoia, he even tried multiple times to kill David. And because of Shaul's wickedness, he was ultimately defeated at the battle of Mount Gilboa in a battle against the Philistines where he died. He actually killed himself rather than to be taken alive. And he was buried, buried in Zela in the region of Benjamin. And three of Saul's sons, Jonathan, Avinadav, and, Malk and Malkishua, were also killed in that very same battle. Although God then raised up David to be king, things then fell apart after that. And there were only a handful of righteous kings in all of Israel's history. God allowed the Israelites to have their own way. Even though God was against it, the people were so set in their ways that God allowed them to anoint a king over them through the prophet Shmuel. And things ultimately turned out exactly as Shmuel warned. Whenever we try to do things our own way and under our own strength, we will always ultimately stumble. We may even go about our journeys pretty well for a while. We might even think, you know what? Look at me, I'm doing this all under my own power. But eventually our own ambitions, plans, and strength will eventually fail. If we do not pursue God's purposes, we are only pursuing our own. How many times has God let you get away with your own plans? Even when he was against it. And how many times did you make excuses how many of you have twisted scripture or twisted the ways of God? Well, God wants me to be happy. Well, God wants me to be in a loving relationship. Or God wants me to know the power of God. Doesn't it say test the Lord? <laughs> Whatever excuse, we all do it. And I'm, you know, I'm just as guilty as all the rest of us. We all want to set up our own ways instead of the ways of God. And how many times has that ultimately worked out for you? I was thinking of that, what is it, a comedian or whatever, and how's that working for you? you know? <laughs> Whenever we want to be like everyone else, instead of who God wants us to be, our plans will ultimately always fail. No matter whether it's us as individuals, no matter as us as a people, 
It's so funny that under our own power, in the, whenever we see a rise in anti-Semitism, what is always the answer of the Jewish people? To assimilate. We always think if we just be like everybody else, they'll leave us alone. And it never works. In generation after generation after generation, they find us out. There are people who were killed in concentra concentration camps that didn't even know they were Jewish, right? At times. Because the, they, the Nazis were able to do such great research in order to find the people who had a Jewish grandparent that was even a surprise to the people themselves. That was rare, but the point is they found them out. Didn't matter how assimilated, didn't how, matter how much they wanted to be like everybody else. And the same goes with us. We always think, if I can just be like everybody else, I'm going to fit in. We're supposed to be in the world, of course, but we're not supposed to be of the world. Whenever we take our cues and we try to do everything that distract us from the ways of God, we're only kidding ourselves. And I'm not telling you something that you don't already know. But it's, again, a warning. The reason why we read this over and over and over again every year is because every year we do the same thing, right? All of us do, myself included. And it's a reminder to us that if you want to pursue the ways of God, we can't do it within our own power. We need to do it under the power of God, under the power of the Ruach. Because it is only those who hunger and thirst for righteousness who will be filled. It is only those who want to follow in the ways of God and truly not do it under our own power, but with his power. So I want to bless all of us that this would be the year that we're a little less stubborn, that we're a little less set in our own ways, that we're a little less pursuing our own desires and instead realize that if we decrease ourselves, then he will increase within us and bless us far more than we could ever do on our own. Adonai Eloheinu v'elohei avotenu, Lord our God and God of our ancestors, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, we come before you, God, and we're now about to enter a season of repentance, of turmoil, of devastation and warnings as the readings will continue through the summer. Leading up to Tisha B'Av, a day of calamity. And then words of healing between Tisha B'Av and the high holidays. May these truly be warnings for us today. Not only warnings for us as individuals, but also an encouragement to be the kingdom people that we're called to be. To be a voice in the world calling people to do teshuva. To follow in the ways of Hashem. To be a light not only to Israel, but to the nations. God, I pray that you would increase and that we would decrease. That we would draw closer to you and to each other so that we can be a part of ushering in the kingdom of heaven. 
We might not know the day or the hour, but we can be prepared. And everything we do help to bring us one step closer to that time when we will welcome Mashiach. Bless us, our Father, all of us as one with the light of your countenance so that we can serve the living God. We pray all of this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. So please rise as we conclude.